Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we have another Millennial Music Chat with Mike McColgan from the Street Dogs. Lifelong Bostonian and lead singer of the punk band Street Dogs, Mike McCaughan has not always taken the easy road in the music business. After a stint serving his country in the military, McCaughan became the original lead singer of the Dropkick Murphys. Right before the Dropkicks were finding the success they have today, McCaughan left the band to pursue his lifelong dream and family tradition to become a Boston firefighter. 
After a few years on the job, music was still calling McColgan, so he left the fire department and formed his current band, Street Dogs. Today, McColgan is back as a dispatcher for the Boston Fire Department, while Street Dogs are still currently working on a new album due out this fall, and they're hitting the road this summer on the Vans Warp Tour, which you could actually find a link in our on our website, so check that out, and check them out this summer as they crisscross the country on the Vans Warp Tour. I also worked with Mike a few years ago, and he is one of the those uh, salt of the earth kind of dudes that is just you know down to earth, cool guy. Want to have a great conversation? You're also going to love his Boston accent. It's really not fake. He 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 proves that you could just never give up on your dreams or your calling. So enjoy our conversation with lead singer of Street Dogs, Mike McCulgan, as he talked about never having regrets for leaving the Dropkick Murphys and the Street Dogs' new album due out this fall. And his hometown favorites and current Super Bowl champs, the Tom Brady-led New England Patriots, they might just have a few more rings in their future if he has anything to say about it. Well, they say that punk rock has died away. I don't believe a word they say. Sing for tomorrow, sing for today. We all need a little punk rock and roll. So, Michael, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, I love your guys' music. I discovered it when we worked together a few years ago. Uh, for those who may not be aware of uh, Street Dogs music, tell us a little bit about the Street Dogs uh, and how you guys became a band. It was around late 2002. Uh, a buddy of mine, Jeff Erna, who was actually the very first drummer for Dropkick Murphys, he was working with a guy, Rob Goddotti, and they had some songs, and they didn't have anybody to sing on them, and, and Rob had brought my name up, and, and Jeff called me up, and, and I went down into the cellar, and we bashed away at a handful of songs, and I... I thought at the time it was just going to be a brief thing and that turned into a demo the demo turned into the seven hill record and Mm -hmm. you know seven hill record morphed into some local shows and then touring with flog and molly and 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 the briggs and that turned into a a successor record deal with drt Mm -hmm. and that morphed into two albums like back to the world fate american dream that morphed into a hellcat deal Mm mm-hmm which saw State of Grace, the self-titled record, and then, you know, on with the Pirates Press. And, you know, we, we, we got to tour around the world. We got to do a lot of tours of the U.S. through the Vans Warped Tour, which, you know, we'll, we'll be doing this summer. Um, oh, really? Oh, from cool. July, from July 6th to the 16th, we'll be on the tour. Oh, cool. Um, it's been a whirlwind experience for us. Um. It, it, it really took me by surprise, and, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. And, um, I, I really didn't, I really didn't see it coming, but I'm, I'm grateful, you know, at, at the same time. And um, we, we, we've been a band that, you know, has worked hard for everything we got, and um, the people who, who who support us and come to see our shows and buy the records or buy the t-shirts are just salt of the earth, solid, like you know, hard work and people and we're lucky. I'm very grateful, Jeff. I'm a lucky guy. I, we still get to do it. You know, we're working on a new right. record now, and I'm really, really like um, grateful and 
and still kind of blown away about like how it's all like unfolded. Right. Well, you mentioned that other Boston Boston band you used to be with, the Dropkick Murphys. How did you actually get into into music and 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 being with them? Well, me and Ken were friends, and 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 we were big fans of the outlets, you know, mm-hmm. Red Bottoms, um, the group he had with his brother Dave, and you know we would go to see the outlets play, and you know somehow. We 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 talked Rick into um, doing some songs with us. Mm. You know, me and Kenny. You know, we're going to a flurry of shows at, at that time and buying tons of music. We were just fully immersed in like you know punk rock and going to shows, and it, it really consumed us. And it was a positive force for the both of us. And you know, Rick um, propelled propelled everything. He he had you know been in the outlets and and he you know was a great songwriter still is, um, and we brought Jeff Herner into that fold and that turned into some seven inch singles and and, and and Jeff moved on and that turned into you know a Hellcat a Hellcat deal and you know then came Do or Die and um. It was probably around, I think, April 2000, um, actually, April 98, I exited the group to mm-hmm. to um, seek, seek uh, a position with the Boston Fire Department, and uh, mm-hmm. I saw that through, but, you know, music um, found its way uh, back to my doorstep, <laughs> and, you know, back to the circus, you know. Oh, I think that's an interesting story that you have. Like, so why did you decide that you want to become a firefighter? Then, and then, how did you come back actually to music? Well, my uncle Kevin O'Toole, he um, was a firefighter, and mm-hmm. you know, I was sort of enamored by the, the, the fire service here in the city of Boston, and I, I, I actually work for, for uh, as a dispatcher for uh, the Boston Fire Department now. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. um, so I am back with it. I'm back on the um, communication side of it and you know we're pretty much deeply embedded with the suppression the firefighting force and um it's a great job and i love being back with it it's like a sort of a second family for me um so there was a family history for me with the job my uncle kevin was on it and you know when i was young I, i got to check out you know engine 18 you know his firehouse and i think even as far back as that i thought to myself okay like i really want to maybe you know Gave this, gave this a shot if I get a chance. And I'd, I'd, I'd been a, I'd been in the U.S. Army and been in Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and mm-hmm. was a veteran. So when the civil service test came up, I took it. And fortunately, I got selected. And you know, it was an, the the time that I was on was amazing. I was on for for four years, and you know, that was around the time um, that Street Dog started to form up. And, mm. Um. You know, like I told you earlier, like I didn't think that Street Dogs was going to morph into anything that you know would have record contracts on the table and tour right. offers and things like that. But it did. So it, it came a point where you know, am I going to do it all full full blast or or not? And I, I decided to go full blast with uh, being in the being in the band and, and touring. And we were for a while we were doing you know seven eight months a year touring, mm-hmm. and it was a pretty relentless schedule but i have no regrets it kind of lays the groundwork for what we have today and 
you know, our fans and, and, and friends and, and family were, were, were like insanely supportive and, and had our backs throughout all that. And it's, uh, it's been nice, you know, we can, we, we, the, all the, the lot of us today, we, we work and, and we do the band and we find a way to make it work. Right. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. 
Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. So growing up in, in, in Boston, you, and you grew up in the Savin Hill area? I, yeah, I was born, I was born and, and raised in Savin Hill, and now I'm, I live in the, now I live in the Neponson section. Well, when yeah. you were growing up, who were you listening to that that influenced you that wanted you to want you wanted to get into music? I'd have to say the Clash were pivotal. Yeah, um, like Stiff Little Fingers was another band that was was really something special and, and, and potent and powerful and explosive and you know questioned the status quo and, and railed against injustice and, and fought for equality and you know Elvis Costello and the Attractions was something that was I thought substantive and good songwriting and i don't think anybody wrote a, a better breakup song than elvis costello um <laughs> right i didn't mean the police like the early uh, police like the first yeah, couple yeah. records yeah you know like i'll lend it to more and you know like regatta the blanks and yadam and Dial, they yeah those are great 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 records um i would have to say like cox bar was pretty pivotal like cm69 the business like the oi the early early eighties oi was was something that was really big here in Boston and mm-hmm. and you know when we were going to shows around here um everybody was spinning that mm-hmm. and you know in the Murphys or in street dogs, you know you can hear those influences of of, of pretty prevalent mm-hmm. and um you know, the good thing about Oi and, 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 and Street Punk, the business most specifically, was that it had a very middle-class feel to it. And it was, you know, I think what it did was it was like, hey, like, stand up and, st- you know, stand up for, you know, stand up for equality, stand up right. for, for for equal pay and um, yeah. keep your eyes open, read between the lines, and, you know, don't necessarily... Uh, you know, buy into everything that um, the government or the media is telling you, you know? So, right. I mean, it, it was, you know, f- for us, street punk in a way was sort of like a, um, almost like, an, like another news outlet. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, it was huge for me. It was, it was, it was absolutely uh, huge. It opened my eyes. And, you know, like I said, I, I mentioned the clash first, you know, like mm-hmm. listening to, Give enough rope. I mean, the, the self-titled album, Give Enough Rope, um, mm-hmm. London Collins, Sandin' Easter, a, a Combat Rock, it was literally like um, like spinning the globe. Right. You know, in school, like you got to 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 hear about political uh, unrest and, and inequality across the world and, and how Strummers found a way to, to rail against it and, you know, he was, I, I, my estimation, I got to say Joe Strummer and Mick Jones were like, you know, one of the best songwriting heroes right. ever. They, the Clash is, was a huge um, 
influence on us. And then later on, bands like Rancid um, relit that flame for me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can remember when Rancid came along. They they came along at a time when you know, for a while, you know, metal was a big thing, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Nirvana mm-hmm. dropped their songs. But for a long time, you know, bubbling underneath that, you know, punk rock and indie rock or alternative, like postmodern, mm-hmm. whatever they were calling it at the right, time, right. was always there. It was always there. Yeah. You know? Um, but you know, like I, I would say bands like, you know, Rancid and the Bouncing Souls, they have a huge impact, um, on, on us too, as far as influences. Right. Right. Well, you, you mentioned before too, that, um, you, you have a new album that you guys are working on right now. And it's been a minute since you guys had a, an album out. Uh, when do you expect the, the new album to, to come out? I would say the fall, like September, mm-hmm. October would be a, a realistic timeline and, uh, we're very excited about what we have song-wise. At the same time, I think we're taking more time because we want to we want to make sure we get it right, and we we have that we we do have the luxury a little bit of of of, of being a little bit more um, of taking our time than in, in, in the past. Like we're we're still touring and we're still doing shows, mm-hmm. but not at the clip we were doing it before. Mm. Right. And that clip was very, was very, very super active and super busy and demanded. It had to do with deadlines hovering over you. And that was good sometimes. It was bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, good music came from those deadlines and sometimes stuff that I, you know, wish we'd taken a little bit more time with. Um, but I think now with the, with this, the, 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 the working title for that record is, uh, stand for something or die for nothing. Hmm. And, um, I'm very, I'm very, very proud and excited and not really ambivalent or feeling weird or like wondrous about how people, how people are going to perceive it. I think people are really going to love it. I think it's, it's one of our better pieces of work. I'm, I'm excited about it and we'll be getting, we'll be getting ready to go, uh, you know, maybe on the later end of summer, yeah. early fall. That's cool. What, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to be with Century Media, um, Okay. We signed the Century Media too, and they're going to be putting it out. So we're, we're grateful to be working with them. And our brothers, uh, one of our band, I, I, I failed to mention earlier, like you want to talk about influences, like a band like Sick of It All uh-huh. is another prime influence too on us. I mean, some of our songs have 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 a harder edge or have like like lean a little in, in the hardcore feel, and and, and that band is. In my eyes, and and, and and most everybody else in the band is probably the most pivotal, powerful, potent, and exceptional hardcore band in the history of the genre. And uh, we were on the label with them, so I mean, it, you won't find a harder working, more honest uh, <laughs> live, like or studio, like like bands like that. They're like standard bearers, and we're like super, super pumped to be on the label with them. Well, that's awesome. Well, you mentioned about your, your songwriting and, and also your uncle, Kevin O'Toole. You, you have a song about him and you have songs about your time in the Dropkick Murphys and stuff like that. What is your songwriting process and especially approaching this new album? Like, what what do you uh, go and what inspires you to, to write? I think <laughs> for better or for, I think for better or for worse, politics is always found its way. <laughs> Yeah. In, into, into our, um, into our songwriting process. And 
I think every record for our band has always been a look inside um, where we're all at as people or, or what's on our mind or what's bothering us or what we're happy, glad, mad, sad uh, uh, um, about. And then, you know, one of the biggest things about the group was to always, like, remember where you came from and, and never forget that and keep your feet on the ground and stay right-sized and, and, and try to help people and, and then remember people who are like that. So the eulogy songs like Fighter and mm-hmm. Kevin J. O'Toole, the, the, those are those are big, big songs for us because I think uh, in large part when we play live, wherever we've played, people on their own have made it their own and, and, and have attached people in their lives that have, you know, been influential or or or, or, or powerful or, or or have moved them. They've, they've, they've done that. And, hmm. Um so that figures into our songwriting process. And I think on this latest record, we've kind of like spread it out a little bit and, and, and written about, it moved out topic wise from things that we haven't really gone into before, but, but we, and we stayed true to what we do as well at the same time. I mean, for me, like a big part of, of what we do is, is, is singing for the everyday, you know, man and woman. Mm-hmm. You know, worker right. or or a college student struggling to squeak by, or a person with three or four jobs. Like, I, I came from a background where, like, all of my family members were, were were part of organized labor, and and I've I've come to find over time that that has been a a, a voice of of advocacy and in support and and equality for people, and you know, it, you know, at work and. That's found its way into the songs big time, and then my military service has found its way into the songs mm-hmm. and, and advocacy and, and support and and um, thanks to to our, our nations, you know, men and women who who have served is, is is a big thing, and you know we've talked about substance abuse in the songs too, and the, and the pitfalls and danger of that all of us in the band have lost people, and I mean there's a huge mm-hmm. opiate epidemic in the country now, and yeah. It's it's really if you're a songwriter, it's impossible not to look at that too. Right. I mean right. that's something that you know. I think the the gravity of that problem and, and the consistency of that problem and and, and and just how horrible and how many people it's taken and continues to take is something that not only with our band but with a lot of other bands, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's something that they touch on too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and a problem like that is also just in middle class America these days too. So. Yeah, I, I I think so. I I, I think I think a, I think a lot of the American dream got outsourced. I think right. you know we had a song actually on the self-titled album, the Ballad of Detroit, that was a B-side. I thought it should have made the record, but you know we all we all voted it down and mm-hmm. and, and it didn't make it. But we we had a deluxe edition of the record and it made it. It kind of talked about that. Um, it's sad when when profit is the, is the sole is the sole driving force b- behind business, and, and and people kind of get lost in in, in the mm-hmm. equation. I, I feel like in, in respect to America and and, and you know in manufacturing and 
like that was a big part of the American identity um, in our country. You know, with the Industrial yeah. Revolution, and then right, right. You know, you you get into the four, you get into the thirties and forties and fifties. You know, you start talking, you know, the world wars and in in military manufacturing, and then the automotive industry, and and then uh, uh, appliances and things of the like. That fueled the middle class in this country and, and mm-hmm. gave the American dream much of its uh, identity. Mm-hmm. It, it right. seemed like in the eighties. It seemed like in the eighties. Greed, profit, and you know, make more money than the next guy mm-hmm. instead of common decency and, and you know, business, business for the conscience. You know, right? Like became, greed became a, a, a prevailing thing, and it was good to be greedy, and it was good to wipe people out, and it was good to tell people you're fired. Right? You know, and right? You know, I think there's way too. I think that sentiment again has risen up. In our country, and in, 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 in fear, and in scapegoating, and and, and 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 there's a divisive tone now that's, oof, right, really, right. really, 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 really bad. Like not, not like I've never seen in my life. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. These are definitely, you know, you want to talk about songwriting. You know, for punk bands, it's really fertile ground to write some incendiary stuff, and um, I don't think yeah. we're going to disappoint when it comes to that. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, but t- you were mentioning that, that you, you guys in the street dog have other jobs and whatnot. I mean, it's really kind of like owning your own small business and almost like a side job, but you ha- or, you know, you have your side job. What have you learned uh, as, you know, uh, as almost like a small business owner of the, of the street dogs? What have you learned through the years to, to make it a little bit better and kind of operate this whole thing all, all the time? I think some. I think with with with, with bands of our of our ilk or, or genre, I think sometimes you run the risk of oversaturation when you're touring relentlessly. Clearly, there's bands that there's a de, there's such a demand for them that they can do that and mm-hmm. and, and, and they continue to grow and, and that makes sense and and there's and there's a level of profit and growth for them to, to be doing that. And by all means, you know. So luck to them, and, and, and congratulations, and that's a good thing. Um, but for us, I think we 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 found that you know we we cut our teeth, made our bones, made our reputation, um, worked really hard. But we we came to find that we we I think particularly me I think more than anybody else. Um, like I can't sit still. I always have to be doing something and. <laughs> um, and and like I, I said earlier, like the, the the fire service was like a second family to me. And mm-hmm. when I went away from it, I felt like I sort of lost out and lost mm-hmm. something, and a part of me was missing. So I got to like realign myself with that and, and, and have that, and I'm super grateful for it. You know, Johnny, my bass player, he he is now he's like a fully licensed barber, and he works all the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Pete has is you know is in working backline and, 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 and Matt, you know, works real estate and, and, and Lenny works, you know, like works at a club, uh, in Jamaica plane and mm-hmm. he, he's like an assistant. He's like pr- practically the vice president of the place. Um, <laughs> I think, I think for us, it's, we, it, it was important for us to find a balance in 
having um, an, having an identification with with work with an occupation and and still being able to do shows and and and, and balance it all out. I think for us as people and, and collectively that that just suits us. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 through trial and error and and, and through doing it for a lot for God going on you, you're talking you know you're going on maybe fourteen fifteen years now mm-hmm. um, it's you know that's it, that's just how it's fleshed out and that that's what what suits us now and and um, you know. We have that band's Warp Tour slot coming up. You know, we have Punk Rock Bowl, and we're on a great, we're on a great, great gig um, at um, the Fremont Club uh, the last weekend of May. I want to say it sold out really, really quick. I mean, people love the Vandals, too. The Vandals are still worth something big time. Yeah. Um, And I know we're um, we're playing with them uh, May 26th, and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I mean we're gonna go to Europe too um, oh, cool. in August for a couple of weeks. You know, I vacation through the job, and you know we're gonna tour Europe for for a couple of weeks, and we haven't been there for a while. And then mm-hmm. we'll do our annual Christmas run, you know, mm-hmm. which will probably extend to about a week or, or so. Maybe we'll we'll do more than just Boston shows, which we you know definitely do every year. We've been doing that since two thousand four. Um, Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard, You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30 day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30 day free trial. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. 
We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the daily book club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily True Crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. And you guys do that all in Boston, right? The Christmas shows? We do the Christmas shows in Boston. I think we may stretch it out. Um, I think we may stretch it out to um, a couple more, uh, like maybe New York, New Jersey, and, and a couple of eastern seaboard uh, cities. And I know going into 20, we were talking, going into 2018, we want to like try to get back out to Southern California, maybe mm. St. Patrick's Day, and maybe, you know, maybe try to jump into the observatory and play that around that time. Because we met, right. I mean, the House of Bozeman, we were doing that for a while. Right. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we're looking maybe to, to get back to doing a St. Patrick's Day play. Mm. I think the, yeah. I think that, that Anaheim HOB is gone. Uh, and, um, they, they, just, they just reopened again. In the same spot? Uh, the, uh, right across the street, uh, really, in, in, a, in a different area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Well, maybe we'll look at that. Or <laughs> exactly. We'll look at playing playing the observatory. Um, but um, yeah, it's it, it works for us, you know. And then I found that to, also we don't get burned out as a band too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, if you're out there for long stretches of, uh, at a time. It's strange. It's strange relations, um, right. and, and, and 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 it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when when you, when you're doing it less, and it, like how we are, but we're still playing shows, and then people yeah. I think realize too when we do have shows. I think the attendance is is helped the attendance too, and because people realize, hey, they're not going out. Sure, you know, five, six, seven months a year anymore right. when they come. It's you know, you you got to go see it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, so, uh, we expect a new album coming out in the fall and then you guys got to be doing some touring, uh, in the summer and stuff like that. Uh, where can we find, uh, street dogs music right now? Um, gosh, you could, I mean, obviously iTunes. Yeah. Um, Google, uh, Google, uh, play, um, Amazon, um, you can find it, it also um I know Pirates Press has some of our vinyl on their on their website. Uh-huh. Um Hellcat Records you can get our music from them. Um DIC's the funk, so I mean you'd have to basically go up to go up to iTunes to find that. Yeah. 
I mean, then people obviously, I mean, they're going to go to YouTube and they're going to find it. Yeah. And, exactly. you know, we, we realize that in, in, in the days of selling, you know, the days of, of, of selling crazy amounts of records are over. You know, and I, I think, I think now, I, I think it's, people have a multitude of ways to get your music. And, um, I think the one thing, the litmus test for, for bands today, no matter what your genre is, is a live show. Mm-hmm. And what you do on the stage and, and, and how honest, hard work and, and do you give a hundred percent every night? That's something in street dogs that I don't think anybody, I think people who come to see us know that we go for broke and, and give it everything we have. And, before and after the show, we're accessible to the people who will come and, 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 you know, take that harder money out of the pocket and buy the ticket, you know. And, you know, we're no better or no less than anybody who comes to see us. We're all on equal footing. So um, that's the thing that, you know, MP3s or the Internet or social media or that, how music evolved into that out of mom and pop record shops and uh, the old music industry format, the one thing you can't change is the live show. That's the thing that remains constant. And that's, you know, now with the, with records not sounding like they were, you know, you have bands, all bands of every genre are like torn relentlessly. Um, I mean, the upside, I guess the upside of that is people have more of an option to go out and see something every night, you know? No matter where they're from. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, last, last question I have for you, uh, you're obviously a big Boston fan, Boston sports fan, and your beloved Patriots won another Super Bowl. So, how many do you, you know? Think, how many do you think Brady has left in him? <laughs> without a doubt, one more if they stay healthy. Um, <laughs> yeah. With the, with the way this team fleshes out, the team that they have right now is actually better than the one that won after the acquisitions that they've made through. Uh, Sure. Yeah. Free agency. It's, it's. 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 I think. I think even Patriots fans are like, wow, they are not messing around. <laughs> right. Um, and I'm still in shock at how we won that game against Atlanta. I mean, yeah, it's a good shock. Obviously, it's. It's not like I'm not a bad like. Yeah. Shock, but I mean, Brady, and and, and the whole team concept that Belichick has espoused and worked on and and, and taught and. And everyone buys into it's just it's it's just exceptional and and, and, and something to be in awe of. I mean, <laughs> right. clearly the guy is going to go down as the best coach in football history. Right. Um, and and Brady's focus and his relentless compete drive was just mind boggling. <laughs> it's mind boggling. <laughs> I've seen now. I've seen the game with him mic'd up. Like I, right. you know, I've seen in in the things that he's saying and and how he like rallies the troops and how everybody buys into that and and how right. you know at the whistle they're going to overtime, right? No one saw that coming. Nobody, right? Nobody, right. even the most diehard Patriots fans figured right. at the half we're in trouble. <laughs> right, it was right, a good right. year. Right, exactly. I was thinking that at the half, like wow, pretty good year, yeah. but not yeah. this year. You know, the manager's too strong, but right. I think maybe it's it could be you know the sweetest one. It it just we 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 had a couple of games in New York where we didn't get the breaks when we mm-hmm. lost to the Giants those two times. Right. But we play Seattle, and then you know the next Super Bowl we go to we, we play Atlanta. We got some right. breaks. We got some like that catch that Edelman made. Um, 
That's a, I mean, it's a great catch, but at the same time, it's a big break. I mean, there's some right. luck in being in the right place at the right time, too. Right. Exactly. And, exactly. And um, that was a pivotal play in that game. <laughs> I think everybody started to think, whoa, like, we, we, I thought once he made that catch, like, there's certain pivotal moments in games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like when the Pats lost that Super Bowl to the Giants, where the guy caught the right. football on his helmet, I exactly. knew we were in trouble when that happened. Exactly, um, exactly. It was that. It was that kind of turning point of yeah. You're like, oh, this is going to change here. All of my life, I've searched for clarity. I have wrestled with two paths buried deep inside of me. I lost some rounds, been knocked around, felt my share of defeat. Yet somehow I've always managed to get back on my feet.